Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Jess. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it is February, the month of love. And um, this month, obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, topics related to love and, uh, you know, uh, also Black History Month um, topics. So stay tuned for some really um, interesting conversation. And without further ado, let's go. Let's get into it. Let's talk about some love topics. So let's just get into it, right? Finding your person. Now, judge me if you like, but I do believe I can um, be a hopeless romantic of sorts. And you know, one of my favorite genres, movie genres, is actually rom-com. I love a good rom-com. Um, <laughs> and, or just, you know, romance in general. Um, some of my favorite movies include, like, Love and Basketball, The Best Man, um, The Wood, you know, what else? Love Jones. Boomerang. So, you know, I'm really big on love and finding love and, and, and all that good stuff, right? Not to be corny, but I am low key. So for me, I've always stead, uh, been steadfast on the fact that I would find that person, that there is that one person out there that is going to come and just amaze me, sweep me off my feet. We're going to get married right off into the sunset and have, you know, beautiful babies. Um, you know, the man that God has sent for me, right? And I still believe that, of course. I still believe that. Um, but, you know, society has really, like, changed and things are so different now. Um, it's funny because growing up, I used to think that you know, when you're younger, you know, you plan your wedding and you start thinking about your wedding dress as a young girl and all that stuff. I used to think that I was going to be married by 25, like be engaged by 24, married by 25. And, you know, all this, all these beautiful things were going to happen um, after 25, right? Yeah. Things are changing. Um, Society is changing. The world is changing. But not just that. When you get to 25, you don't even know yourself. It's almost as if you're still 21, but just a little seasoned, just slightly more seasoned. Um, you know, it isn't until for me, and then I thought, okay, maybe when I get to 27, things were going to um, gonna happen in that way. There was a whole big dramatic breakup um, with the person that I was with at the time that I thought I was going to marry, but... Even still, at 27, I don't think that that would have been the right move because even at 27, you're still kind of like figuring out who you are, right? For me, it's not until you get to after 27, so maybe like 28, 29, when you start thinking, okay, this person is amazing. I want to spend the rest of my life with them. Maybe we should start considering getting married. So I think anything after like 27 leading into your 30s um, is when you, you should start having that conversation with yourself um, and, of course, your significant other. 
Um, it's very interesting because like, like I said, when you're, tw- when you're young, you think 25 is like this major age. Come to think of it, you're not, it's not, it's like, no, you're not ready. Um, at that age, I was still, I was just moving out of my parents' house, just figuring out, you know, navigating the city or wherever it is that I moved out to at the time and navigating, you know, living quote unquote alone because I had roommates, of course. Um, and just, you know, finding myself in my career at the time, um, interning and doing all that stuff. So it's just very interesting how you think that life is set up that way, but it's absolutely not. Um, so I say that as a precursor to say that if you haven't found the person that you're looking for, or if you didn't find the person that you were looking for, or marry the person that you were you think you're supposed to marry, or you're you know you're supposed to be married by a certain age at thirty, at twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, um, don't be frightened, don't be alarmed, because like I said before. You're just getting into finding out who you are as a person. Life experiences haven't even kicked in yet at that time or major life experiences haven't even kicked in at that time. And society as a whole is changing. The world is changing. We came out of a pandemic. Um, Actually, we're still kind of in a pandemic. So, you know, don't beat yourself up about not have found your person or finding your person at a later time. So that's, that's where I want to start off at now. So we talked about, you know, society, we, you know, we touched on society changing and whatnot. Right. And what I meant by that is I think that people are getting married later and later in life. Um, because for one thing, I would say, um, not just because you haven't had like major life experiences happen until you reach a certain age, but also because let's, let's use a pandemic as an example, right? So when you, you know, when you realize, you know, whoa, like the world literally stopped March of 2020, I think it was right. Literally stopped. There was nobody outside. Nobody was outside. (laughs) Nobody was outside. Businesses were closed. Um, Everything had completely either changed or was at a standstill. And so when you realize, yo, I'm in this house either by myself or with, you know, you know, whether you were living alone, whether you're living with family, whether you were living with roommates, friends, whomever, you realize I'm in here by myself, kind of, and, you know, I have to really figure out, like, the person that I'm going to be with, could they have, could that relationship have survived the pandemic? Could that relationship, could I have relied on a person when finances were down, businesses were closing and jobs were closing? Could I have really relied on a person or have a person relied on me during that time? Could we have survived not having, not having access to certain things, whether it was travel, our commute changed, whether it was um, having access to food, um, water, basic necessities, you know, could we have survived that? When you start thinking about 
the person you're dating. And yeah, it's all fun and dandy to like to cuddle, to Netflix and chill. But real-ish happens, real life happens. And could you have survived the pandemic with that person? When you start thinking, yeah, it doesn't matter if we couldn't go to brunch anymore, if we couldn't go out, um, if we couldn't go outside, period. If we couldn't go bowling, excuse me, if we couldn't go bowling or, like I said, brunches, bowling, uh, skating, uh, just shopping, whatever it is, whatever activity it is outside that you guys like to do. If you couldn't do an activity outside and keep your partner, your significant other engaged in the relationship, then, you know, what do you really have? If you couldn't stay in the house and have conversation, have interactions, spend quality time with your significant other and your partner um, and figure out what we were going to, what are we going to do here to meet our basic necessities to survive, whether you had experienced job loss or not, could that person have, could that relationship had survive the pandemic when you start thinking about major life experiences whether it was pandemic whether it's the war whatever it is you start to really reevaluate or evaluate your relationships and that's what i meant by society and the world is changing it's like things are happening or situations and events are happening that are making you really consider your partner as not just someone that, you know, you want to just have fun with every single day, like, and be outside, quote unquote. But can I do life, real life with this person? So that's something to also consider. And I think that people are starting to consider now as they find their person or as they, you know, solidify a relationship with the, with their person. Um, because you really don't want to get stuck with, you know again, using the example of the pandemic with someone that isn't going to be there for you when you lose your job, when you get laid off, um, when, you know, you can't go outside, when you have to stay in the house and actually have a conversation. So you really start to, you know, consider these things when you're finding your person. And I think times are changing because of that. And so finding your person really becomes really is redefined and has a new definition. So the fun part about podcasting is sometimes you have to re-record. So here we are. (laughs) Take two. Um, But yes, what I was trying to say um, was that uh, before I got... um, the system got like kind of shut down and froze was that another way that you can kind of gauge whether or not someone is your person or like kind of figure out whether this person has potential to be your person is to kind of consider the other aspects. So not just am I okay doing or will I be okay doing life with this person, um, you know, during traumatic, tragic, major life events, but also the day-to-day stuff. So like, is this person going to make my day, my week better, sweeter? Um, You know, life can be very mundane. 
So, and stressful, you know, work can be stressful, finances can be stressful, bills, um, and any other roles we can potentially play can be super stressful in in and of themselves. So it's kind of like getting that, having that person by your side to make those moments a little easier to navigate or, you know, get through, um, makes it that much better and that much sweeter. So, um, for instance, you know, just getting a text message, you know, and, um, encouragement, you know, babe, how's your day? Um, or just a call if you don't, you know, if you don't live together or, um, uh, whatnot, just, you know, how was your day? And, um, just checking in, making sure you're okay, you know, just complimenting. Uh, and that's another thing too, while we're, while we're on the topic of complimenting, Sometimes people may feel like, oh, um, they're my partner. They already know that I find them attractive or, um, you know, or like, you know, I know they find me attractive. Knowing and reminders are two different things. You have to be consistent throughout your relationship and let that person know that, you know, re- um, iterate to that person, you know, why they're your person, why you love them and why you care about them and what they mean to you, because it's not necessarily that they don't know, but sometimes, you know, time can pass and you may feel like a little complacent and comfortable and you may feel like, am I still appreciated? Do they still feel this way? And you can have, you know, been in a relationship for, for months on end or years, I meant to say, excuse me, years on end. Um, and you know that, you know, you ain't going nowhere. They're not going anywhere. But sometimes you still question, am I still enough? Um, do they still feel these feelings? Do they still feel this way about me? And we're human. We have our own insecurities. We have doubt. We have fear. So, you know, paying attention to, or not necessarily paying attention to, but like, reiterating, reminding that person of how you feel, what you feel about them towards them, um, is very important. Um, that reassurance, um, is very much needed in relationships. And if someone is giving you that on a consistent basis and comp like for the example of complimenting and telling you every day, Hey, good morning, beautiful. Uh, good morning. Um, handsome. Hey, um, Hey, gorgeous. Um, hey, good looking, whatever, whatever term of endearment they want to use or however they want to use it. If they're doing that on a consistent basis, never shut them down and think that's too much or complain or, um, you know, feel, make them feel less than or doing that is too much. Because at some point, if that stops, you know, you're going to have that uh, Black Eyed Peas song going on playing, Where's the Love? And then it's going to be like the, lo the love will dissipate slowly and slowly and slowly to the point where it's non-existent. So never think that your partner is doing too much and never make them feel like they're doing too much. Allow them to reiterate, you yourself reiterate and remind your partner you know, that they are loved. And that's also how you know someone is your person. They're constant. 
So we talked about, you know, making people feel loved. And, uh, you know, I talk about it on the podcast all the time, also adhering to people's, um, or your partner, I shouldn't say people's, but your partner's love language. But there's also that part of the relationship where you have to pay attention to the details, right? The minute details. So if it means, um, and this is how you know someone also is the one or has the potential to be your person, is your, you know, is if you're paying attention to the minute details about them and those minute details about them just amaze you, they wow you. So if your partner has a mole um, near their eye or on their cheek or on their leg, their arm, whatever, um, they, you know, they have freckles, they have glasses, um, the, the smaller their back, the way they move, the way they walk, the way they talk, the way they laugh, the way they giggle, the way they snort when they um, find something funny, um, whether their laugh is fake or real, you know what's a real laugh versus a fake laugh, you know what, um, you know what their mood, their moods are just without them even saying anything and all these things that can be considered could even be considered flaws, you find beautiful and amazing. And you love those things about them, things that they may not even recognize within themselves. You know, um, you know, I may not even see how I sleep, but my partner thinks the way I sleep is just beautiful. And to them, that is just amazing. So when you start noticing the minute details, the intricacies of who someone is, not just what they say and what they do, but just the simple, minute intricacies of who they are amaze you, wow you, and just do something to you. It's like that Jill Scott song, if you guys are familiar, Cross Your Mind, or Cross My Mind, when she says, he walks into a room, out of a room, the way he smells, you know, things like that, the way they smell, just not even when they wear cologne, but their natural scent. Um... You know, those things, I don't want to say turn you, I don't want to say turn on because I'm not talking sexually, but I'm talking like they stimulate you in a way that, you know, reassures that that person is your person. Overall, I think that, yeah, like overall, I think that when you are in the presence of that person that is your person, (laughs) um, you know, or has potential to be your person, you know, and, and it sounds very cliche. And a lot of married couples do say when you know, you know, and you're like, ugh, they're just saying that because they're married. No, it's true. Like when you know, you know, when they are that person, um, that you can see yourself spending the rest of your life with, um, you just, you, you know, like you, you have a, it might not necessarily even be this kinetic exchange of energy, like this shock when you like shake their hand for the first time, or when you look into their eyes, like there's an explosion of fireworks somewhere in the background. It may not necessarily be that, um, dramatic, let's say for lack of a better word, but it can just be the fact that you're questioning, like, hmm, or even thinking, hmm, 
this person is different. It's different with them. It's different with this person. Like, something about them. Like, you can't even put your finger on it. Something about them makes you even have the thought to think ahead. To think, hey, could this person be the one? Could I, could I really have found the one? Could I, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I do life with this person? Like, could I wake up to this person every day? Like, when you start even just questioning that about the person, whether it's immediate or just over some time, think about that. Think about that and how different that person makes you feel or have felt from anyone else. Whether you're dating and you're dating multiple people and there's you can make that comparison um, or just overall, like over the course of any relationship that you've ever had, um, just that question alone, questioning yourself about who they are in your life and how they make you feel is enough to say, hey, this might be my person. So that's something to consider as well, that it may not always be this dramatic, like I said, kinetic exchange of energy, (laughs) but it could just be just the fact that you're questioning and could even consider and think about them in that way could be an indicator. So sometimes it's not just um, the big picture, like, okay, so can I do life with this person, yada, 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 right? It's... Also, just like you have to sometimes like realize that it may not always be this magnetic, kinetic energy that's exchanged and then sparks are flying when you first, you know, shake their hand or when, you know, you look them in the eye for the first time and then boom, fireworks, boom, explosion. Um, I found my person. Um... Now let's ride off into the sunset. No, no, no. Sometimes it's not that instantaneous, for one. Um, And sometimes it's not even that physical or tangible. Sometimes it's just the fact that your interaction with them causes you to think about them in that way and question yourself or question your interaction with them in that it could be long term and that they can potentially be the person that is going to be the one just sometimes that's the indicator just the fact that you're like hmm wait a minute everything is different with them conversation is different what we laugh about how we laugh how often we laugh how we just finish each other's sentences how we can be thinking the same thing at the same time, how we can communicate without even talking, you know, just all these little, once again, minute intricacies of who they are, all of that combined has you questioning or thinking, huh, huh, maybe they might be the one, is an indicator that they might be the one. It's that simple, just... It's up to you to obviously explore that more and to obviously spend more time with them and engage in conversation and ask the tough questions, um, have the tough conversations, um, 
with them to kind of decipher whether or not and evaluate, reevaluate, what have you, whether or not they are the one. But it is in that moment when you start to think, huh, that huh is the indicator. So I leave you with that. Like, I leave you there. Like, let's get the ball rolling. Let's get the conversation going. What do you guys think? Do you guys think there is some, you know, such thing as the one? Do you guys believe in there, uh, whether your soulmate is your, is the one or you can have a soulmate and the one? Do you guys believe in kindred spirits? Cause that's a whole nother topic at hand. Um, do you guys believe that the person that you're supposed to spend your life with doesn't necessarily have to be the one that's for you? If that makes sense, what do you like, where's your headspace? What do you guys think? Let's, let's, let's have this conversation. So, um, hit me up, text me, call me, leave a comment down below. Um, yeah, whether you're listening Apple on Apple podcasts or Spotify, you can even, um, DM me on the gram. Um, you can DM me on WhatsApp. Uh, and I think if you're listening on anchor, like I said before, you can actually leave a comment down below and we can get the conversation going. Cause I want to know what you guys think anyways. Uh, yeah, that is that for the one finding your person and, uh, till next time it's been real conversations with address out. Bye. I'm not going to be able to do that.